College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to discuss a whole lot of stuff about college football, obviously. Week 7 is in the books, and it was a hell of a freaking day, man. Hell of a day. Lots of drama, lots of comebacks, lots of giving up leads. Um, you know, the game of the day more than lived up the hype. Uh, to the hype, I should say, with Washington and Oregon. We had two Hail Marys. Both of us got burnt on one of them. Um, just just a fun, fun day. And, of course, we're going to preview, predict, go over the, you know, have the betting lines banter, some of the games flying under the radar, the against the spread stuff for week eight. The, the one that kind of steals it all, obviously, Uh, Ohio State and Penn State going head-to-head. You do have Bama, Tennessee, FSU, Duke. You have Utah, USC. So there are some definitely some marquee matchups, some games, like I said, flying under the radar and whatnot. Um, What do you do with, like, a TCU-K-State this week? Based off of what TCU hasn't shown all year except last week. I mean, there's it's going to be interesting how some of these games play out you know, as far as competitiveness, the hardcore, um, you know, the hardcore is loving the barn burners, like we call them, uh, where you're just like, hey, man, just keep an eye on this game and watch the fourth quarter or the second half. Um, so we'll start in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope-a-dope. Uh, and download the show directly there. If you don't want to, you can find this college ball show under Rope Dope Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts. Download the podcast app and a variety of other, you know, outlets as well. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the Grueling Truth in the Sports News 24. And one more thing, talking about Direct TV Stream, the MLB postseason is here. Sign up and catch every game live on Direct TV Stream. For a limited time, say $30 when you sign up today. Choose the Direct TV Streaming Package. That's right for you, starting at $64.99. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay. Going to go ahead and bring in the co host, Marshall. First and foremost, how are you doing? Um, and man, what a wild week seven, man. That was a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, like I said, a bunch of comebacks. A lot of people talk about the 29-0, the to 0, I think it was, Stanford comeback. That was pretty crazy. But we also had, you know, um, Air Force coming back, Colorado State coming back. Just, just a bunch of crazy shit that happened. But obviously the marquee matchup, more than lived up to it with Washington and Oregon, my friend. Yes, and I'm doing good, brother. Had a, a nice uh, week at home, and I get to go back home a month from now. We were just maybe planning on going to the sports book in Iowa, so that'd be a lot of fun because college troops are not far away at all. Um, but, yes, with that said, uh, the past weekend did have well, yeah, Colorado State came back from 20 with four minutes to go, and Colorado University blew a 29-point lead. So it was a weird week if you bet or bet on or bet against Colorado and Colorado State. Uh, but, yeah, for that game of the weekend, um, and I got to say, that place was just cool from the start. Obviously, ESPN game day always goes to, like, a main attraction event for games. 
And that was the choice. But obviously, geographically speaking, I mean, they said that place was standing in line at 345. And it was just, I'm not a huge game day person, but it was just cool. They had to sit, you could, like, it, you could see the sun was coming up. That kind of like a purple tinted shade behind the stadium. Um, both the coaches were out there talking at 6 a.m. You know, I'm sure that's the last thing they want to do is be on a ESPN game day set when they're probably wanting to be sleeping or prep and planning for the game. But uh, the game day setup was cool. And the game should not be really cool. You had people going for two, people being aggressive. Uh, two of the better quarterbacks in the country facing off against each other, a uh, little fourth quarter drama that, you know, it's cool, Chris, because a lot of times that uh, a lot of times in college football. Now, this year we've been lucky where the game of the week lives up to its hype. We, we this year, it's actually almost done that pretty consistently. That's not yeah. always the case, but that was a that was a great Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever the hell you want to call it, soon to be Pac-2 battle. Um, but that game soon had everything. to be a Big Ten battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was the the game day hype at 4 a.m. for those poor people, living up to be the hype. And man, Pennix and Bonix put on a show. The coaches put on a show. What what a fun college football game during the day uh, from coming from the state of Washington. Yeah, you know Washington. I thought ran the ball just enough. The combination of run pass coming in and going out clearly was on Oregon's side. Um, at when it was 22 to 18, we did have an interception on for Washington, and then a turnover on Downs uh, from Oregon, and really down the stretch, you know, a turnover on Downs uh, on a 10 play, 51 yard drive, and, and earlier they had a 12 play. I'm looking at it, 17 or wait, seven minute drive, almost 70 yards. A turnover on downs, and then obviously a missed field goal. That's kind of what the game came down to. Turnover on downs, missed field goal, that type of thing. Penix looked like something's wrong with his ribs or something like that. He um, wasn't feeling too hot. No, nah, you can definitely tell. Um, and obviously that pressure that they were bringing uh, was pretty major with Oregon. It didn't appear that Oregon had, you know, the better um, – defense, but the turnover on downs were big. And then obviously, you know, this is the analytic world that we live in. And I think, um, I think some of the stuff like measuring um, air yards or something like that for a quarterback to break down what an offense is doing, what a quarterback's doing or not doing, maybe, you know, broken tackles tell the story more than, well, that was a 40-yard pickup. Okay, so how much did it travel in the air? I think some of the analytics are really great nowadays. I also think some of it's like, well, these are just very small windows, uh, or not small windows, but just how much data points do we have, you know, compared to having 50, 60, 70 years of data points. You know, so there are some football things where you're like, I still don't think that's a smart move. Um, but you know, if you put the game away, like Oregon was trying to do with the completion, then you say it's a good move. Um, what were your thoughts there? Um, because like I said, they had, I just mentioned they had two in the second half, even though Knicks was hot, things were going good. They had already had two, you know, uh, well, they had had, um, a turnover on downs to close the half, a three and out and a turnover on downs. 
and, and those both of them were on long drives. I just, I don't know, man. I, I think you could also make the argument that where they got the ball and how good at the time their defense was playing, even though they quick striked right away, so that's part of it too. But to, to be able to start where you started and move the ball that much to where you could trap them potentially, I still would have been on the side of trapping them. Um, but like I said, it looks a lot smarter and aggressive and see these analytics work if he makes it. You know what I mean? Well, what were your thoughts on the decision? I don't think it was a, a horrendous decision. I don't think it's necessarily on average the because I think, like I said, I kind of thought you accomplished a good part of what you were doing, you know, because you took over, you know, at such a, a shitty position in the field. And to, to have a nice drive down the stretch, I get wanting to close the game out, but it costed you the game. Um, now, you can say, well, if they kick the field goal, it doesn't. That's fair. But we're talking about college kickers. You know what I mean? And we know all about it. And, you know, once you're past 40 yards, I think this was, what, 42 or 43? I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to berate him for being overly aggressive, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, he made the right choice. I feel that <clears throat> nowadays with how football has become that decision with, like, what to do. Hell, speaking of the um, Monday Night Football, I said I was going to watch the game after that. Chargers coach kind of was one of the first guys to really speak out about it. It's become more trendy in the past four to five years in college or pro. But I feel nowadays that going for it to close out the game is viewed as the analytical smart thing to do, whether you get the first down or not. It's like nowadays it's like, dude, if you can finish the game, finish the game. And I feel that's kind of become a trend. But when these coaches try to ice out the game and you're near midfield, when you don't call your right play, dude, you're putting your defense in a bind, and I, I feel now the defense I was, I, that was playing pretty damn good that just got you a goal line stop too. Yeah, and obviously I know that like I don't have all the analytical data off the top of my head, but I feel like almost uh, uh, this happens about eighty percent of the games I watch now. To where if a coach, well, hey, we're we're going to close out the win, going for the win. Well, I, I don't – just because that's training doesn't mean it's always right. Like in that And we don't have enough data points no. because not enough teams, maybe in a decade from now when we see more teams going for it, we'll have better data on it. And sure. then we can make a better decision. But for so many years they didn't go for it. So it, it's such a shallow base right now in my opinion. And it, and it, I don't know. No, yeah, I'm with you. I, I just I, – I was literally thinking in my head, well, why why didn't they punt? Like, before before they before they called out the play, I was like, dude, yeah, I put, pin them. And, of course, what does Washington do? First play from, like, the 45, 30-yard <laughs> right. pass. Bam, next we're play, in field goal range. Next up. play, touchdown. Well, shit, right. dude, that, it took Michael Penix two plays. But then the idiotic part of this to me was, so Washington is up three. They went into, a, like, a really – Lacks like shell defense. Like, I know you don't want to like give up one over the top, but they literally invited Oregon down the field. Like I, I know that they missed the field goal, but I think the bigger gaffe of the coaching decisions was, I mean, this dude, if you watch that game, Washington safeties were like 25 yards back. Like I know you don't want to have no offense, like the Miami, like guy over the top play, but dude, 
you're literally giving them free yards. Like there, I think there's needs to be a fine line between a, a prevent. We don't want to look embarrassed to dude. Like you might want to make them earn something. A lot of it was a couple of them were run though, too. They kept running. Well, but I mean, dude, like when, when you, when you have five guys, 15 to 20 yards off the line of scrimmage, like you're not even posing a threat. Like, yes, you're not going to give up a home run ball, but that field goal, they, they they moved down the field pretty effortlessly, so it was a bunch of interesting decisions. Needless to say, Washington came out on top. Um, I did say just kind of thoughts moving forward. I did think that Washington obviously is viewed as the less um, physical team, I guess you could say. Uh, I do think Washington's like trying to stop the run and run the ball was kind of their biggest weakness. I think every team in college football this year has a weakness. Is Washington a super physical squad? I'm not sure. Because especially before I did see the second half, Oregon ran the ball pretty well. It seemed like they kind of owned the trenches, but uh, Penix was able to kind of own it through the air. So you're right, a fun game, an evenly matched game. Uh, maybe they'll be playing again in the Pac-12 uh, championship. But hey, that that was an enjoyable one. Uh, I just again that was a 50-50 call. If he calls a better play for that fourth and two, um, they probably win. And he didn't, so they, they lost. But, you know, it's that gamble. But yeah, I feel, Chris, it's become such a trend now to risk, roll the dice. And then if you lose in your press conference, well, the numbers said we should go for it there. Well, I, I, I don't feel that you can I, – I don't feel that's a good excuse, you know, to your boosters or your fans and whatnot. But that's just my opinion. But, yeah. Yeah, that, that that's fair. Um, you know, during the week, now that we have, you know – not just Friday and some Thursday, but mostly Fridays in the early, you know, part of the uh, the season. Now we're full fledged Tuesday, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. You know that type of thing. We did have some uh, some interesting games. That Coastal Carolina Appalachian State on Tuesday was damn good. That Houston West Virginia man. You know I had the plus two and a half and uh, felt pretty good there with like you know under twenty seconds to play. Uh, but the Hail Mary tip, like, that that was freaking crazy. Um, really, really crazy. Um, that one hurt. In fact, my first two bets um, went down the drain. Um, that one and then the Memphis plus seven and a half. For, when it was 21 to 10, boy, I felt pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, I think it was 21 to 10. Uh, that, that flipped on it. But then that Friday night. Uh, 46-43, double overtime. Uh, Stamper comes all the way back from 29-0. to zero. Like you said, you mentioned the other comebacks, too. I mean, that that part of the week, you know, was just phenomenal. Um, but like you said, I mean, Arkansas hung around on Alabama. Alabama looked good early offensively, but Arkansas was able to put up enough points. Uh, Miami had a, a lead. Um on North Carolina at the half, boy, welcome back, Tez. I mean, that I know he played last week. You know, I'm definitely aware of that, but um, he was doing his thing. Uh, you know, Hampton actually was was you know had a lot to do with the running, but six catches, three touchdowns, buck thirty two, in that with the run game. It's funny because even with all those crazy stats that they have, um. You know, the turnovers, the, the, the drives, fumbles, the interceptions. Um, it just turnover on downs. They just couldn't quite get out of their way. Um, but like I said, that, that Tez, man, he's the real deal. Um, 
So that was a fun game of rink versus rink. Some of the other, you know, I, I thought like the Beavers beat down the Bruins. A huge upset pit over the Cardinals. You know, that letdown game coming off a great win for the Cards. When you looked at Louisville and you looked at the schedule and who they didn't have to face in the ACC, you thought, man, oh, wow, they, they, they got a chance here to really do some damage. And then they turn around and lose um, coming off that great win. Um, that one kind of stood out to me. Um but, man, like I said, the comebacks, Air Force, Wyoming got up on them early. Air Force comes back. It was just a, just a crazy, crazy game or a crazy, crazy day in general. Yeah, you know, for um, for Carolina, you know, Chris, I, is that, so as I'm talking about, like, good teams who have weaknesses, I think that Washington's probably a little soft. I think Florida State's secondary to me is, like, a weakness that could hurt them against good teams. Have you seen something for Carolina being their undefeated that you think is like a weakness for them? Obviously, they have a quarterback that's going to be a, potentially a top 10, top 12 pick. Has there been something said to you of like, hey, the Carolina defense or their offense or certain, certain part of that team that is anything to you that screams like, you know, this is something they can work on? Yeah, I mean, the thing about the defense, it's better than it was a few years ago. Because remember, they used to just much all better. Yes. Be just all offense, no defense. So it's hard to be it's hard to be a high level offense and still put out a damn good defense. We've seen that. Um but now with Tez, I think some of the shortcomings they have on offense, that's their number one guy having that back, that's gonna help and that helps the defense in general. Um Miami definitely had a chance to you know, chances to win that game. Uh, Minnesota was in, you know, for a good chunk of that game, a one score game when it was sitting at 21 to 13 and couldn't, you know, tie it back up type of thing and stay in that game. So, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I just, I think their defense is pretty damn good actually considering I don't know, you know, we're, we're, they have some like, now that you say that, I, I didn't know we were going to specifically talk about North Carolina, so I don't know their schedule. But the next three weeks, you know, it lightens up at Georgia Tech. You know, who knows, right, with Georgia Tech. But they sure. have Duke at home, at Clemson, and at NC State. That tells you they don't play Florida State. That tell, You know, so, True. you know, I, I, I think they got a good, a damn good chance of, of, of only being a one-loss team and being that ACC championship game. Whereas a team like Miami basically has to play the top other four teams of the ACC. And that's why I brought up Louisville because it was like, damn, dude, Louisville really has a route where they could get there. And, and you know, um, but, yeah, I think that that is – I think it holds up. They're a pretty good defense this year. Um, speaking of what? defense – um, and lack thereof, um, the Trojans. Um, you know, can we rip apart their defense? Yes. Um, I do think, though, that the turnovers were major in this one because we can't now say um, that the Notre Dame offense is back because they had a bunch of short fields, you know. And the thing got out of hand. It, it played out like last week where the thing looked like it was going to get out of hand but you were just playing a much better defense and a better team. Um, so you couldn't come back on them all the way and, and go ahead and, 
and have a chance to win this in the end. So, you know, I still think it's a work in progress for the Irish. But, yeah, the USC kind of feels like they're going to be a 10-win team uh, just trying to outscore folks, you know. Dude, this is like some telepathy shit that we're doing. Because in my head, I literally said, as you were talking, I said, I just want to say we're going to be a 10 win team. Like that, that's our, that's our, that's our ceiling. And I'm fine with that. So that was super trippy. I mean, we've been friends for a long time. So I guess, you know, we're just going to feed off of that. Um, hey, you, you, they, they hadn't looked impressive for about three weeks in a row. Right. The defense looked that great. But I will say, and I, I couldn't watch this whole game because this was painful. Um, but it just the offense. The, the offense had nothing going at all. Like you do watch those Pac-12 games where Caleb Williams can be cute and kind of dance around and avoid tackles and fling one for fifty yards and score on a four-play drive. That shit wasn't happening. Like the, the first half of that game, you scored two field goals. Like Notre Dame. Now to give Notre Dame credit, they've played some elite teams this year and they've played good defense. But clearly, yeah, late to arrive, whatever schedule, he you know, it's. You know, yeah. for them to keep getting up, I, it does say something about the team. Yeah, and I, I t- hats off to that coach because that dude obviously, you know, you're he did, you know, he, he last year's kind of a bit of a bit of a tough year for him. Now you're coming in with a brutal schedule, and hey, you're six and two, and you've probably played the hardest schedule in the country up to this date so far. So, um, yeah, I just thought that the offense had no creativity. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure obviously Lincoln Riley has a great game plan, but whatever the game plan was, it wasn't working at all. There there was no mojo, no and offense. And the turnovers. I mean, that's yeah. like, right away to overthrow and it's a pick, you know, pick sick like that. I, I think it just got out of hand more than than game plan. Yeah, and he obviously had a 99-year kickoff return. It was just, it wasn't their day. Again, I wasn't <laughs> expected to run the table, right. though, either. They, they weren't going to run the table, sure. but yeah. Did I think we'd lose forty eight to twenty? No, I, th- I thought like normally when Notre Dame USC plays normally a pretty close yeah. game in the in the fourth quarter, but exactly. uh, that wasn't the case. Yeah, I had but, a plus four, so I'm not going to bullshit you. I had a USC plus four. It felt pretty good going into it, but uh, you know. But I will say though, yeah, th- this 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 was team. I want I just throughout today's show, I just want to touch on USC's remaining schedule in Iowa's. The USC though, damn, you host Utah. Go to Cal, which is always a bit tricky, but you host Utah, go to Cal, host Washington, go to Oregon, finish with UCLA. Holy shit. Four out of those five teams are raked. Cal is always goofy at home. They're better than normal. But USC could easily lose to any of those remaining teams. To finish Washington at Oregon, UCLA, dude, this might be a seven-win team. And I, I'm a USC fan. I am, and I don't want to like take shots at my guys. But dude, that that is probably I would love to see a, a tougher finish than in the nation than Washington, Oregon, UCLA. Now again, I'm not saying UCLA is elite, but they are ranked and they're having a decent year. So uh, USC better get their shit together because even at Utah, and God knows Cam Rising might come back this week. Who knows? Maybe, but um, that's not a tough game easy either. So uh, USC, you, you got beat. But bounce back because you could be playing yourselves out of a really nice bowl game here in the next uh, five weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, the Pac-12 got off to a great start. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, how it ultimately ends up. Speaking of great start, Oregon State got off to a damn good start. Uh, you got UCLA defense, you know, a lot of people talking about that. 
that team points under of 28-29, boy, you kind of felt like that wasn't going to last pretty early in that game. Um, UCLA, you know, hung around or whatever, but they, they, they were dominant in that performance, as was Utah. Cal, I'm glad I was eyeballing that, but I never did put money on it. I'm glad. Um, I, I, I did kind of feel like it was going to be like we talked about on the show that Cam, uh, he was going to play it because that number, but stayed away from it. Tennessee wore down, kind of outlasted A&M in an ugly game, 20-13. to 13. Um, You know, I don't know if I'd call it a hot seat just because of the money owed. You know, it's well, not to say how hot it is, you know, because it has a natural cooler on it because of the money. Um, uh, but, you know, out of nowhere, Zona, who's actually – I like the coach. He was a former coordinator for the Hurricanes, um, went to the Jacksonville Jaguars as an offensive coordinator. I like the coach. I like what he's doing at Arizona. I did not fucking see 44-6, to no matter who uh, was going to be at quarterback for Washington State. Uh, getting hurt or not, you know, I, I, there's just no way I saw that one coming. That one kind of blew my mind. Um, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Oklahoma State finding this new, you know, love going on. They, they needed a win and they got it 39-32. That was big. Mizzou on the road really looked freaking good. Rutgers came back on Michigan State. There was another comeback, um, you know, that kind of was like, wow, okay. Um, a lot. I, hey, I got two messages about me in the plus number for Iowa. Okay, sure. A plus. I bought it to. I bought it at plus ten and a half, and bought a little bit more at plus thirteen and a half. I felt comfortable the whole game um, with that one. Like I said, doesn't mean I think Iowa's gonna, you know, uh, win the conference or you know what I mean, uh, or win the Rose Bowl or something like that. But. uh they were disrespected. I don't give a shit how bad that uh, – they've had a bad offense that, you know, we, we know. Just look at the over-under coming up this week again. Um, but, hey, they disrespected the Hawkeyes, and, and uh, hey, you know, that, that they, they won that pretty cleanly off, you know, being – I think it closed at like nine and a half or nine or something like that. Florida, South Carolina was a fun one, 41-39. Like I said about TCU – where the hell did this come from? 44 to 11? It's like they just took all their pain from this season and just demolished BYU. Glad I stayed away from that one. But the, the run or the lack thereof a running game has me staying away from BYU for, for more than I normally would. Like I said, that Air Force Wyoming plus 13 and a half for Wyoming. That, that worked out even with that comeback. Um, you know, for, for Air Force. So a lot of fun games, a lot of fun games, man. Uh, that, that was a great week, um, you know, of college football, my friend. It really was. I will say for the Big 12, a lot of these military teams, I wouldn't even call them, like, great, but they are just kind of beat up on each other. Like, they're, they're I, I would say that the, the drop-off from OU and Texas is a pretty far drop, but – they are kind of just taking turns, like, beating the shit out of each other, which is kind of funny to see. And this week, I will not trash the head coach this week. I will just stay neutral. But I'm very happy for Mizzou. They look good. Uh, they, they got a nice win at Kentucky. Um, and, you know, they, they're pretty much their big game left on the schedule is Georgia. But Georgia always seems to whoop them. I will say, though, 
Um, with Georgia's star player Bowers having to get ankle surgery, they they might Mizzou might yeah they ain't gonna win, but they they'll, they might make Georgia work a little bit. So props to Missouri. Um, Kentucky's always kind of a hard place to play at, um, especially when you know they're they're, they're having here. So credit, I'll tip the captain. Did you say ankle captain. surgery? Yeah, I just saw on uh, ESPN when I was pulling it up. Uh, that Brock Bauer is having a, a ankle surgery for a high ankle fracture. So it's it's and they say he's expected to miss like four to five weeks. So. So when I hear ankle surgery, I think for sure because you know, as of yesterday, it was like, well, we'll see how bad it is. Maybe it's three weeks or whatever. But man, surgery. That's interesting. That's that's not a even if they say four to five weeks or whatever. It, man, that's a tough one. I knew he was out, but I didn't realize he was going to have surgery. Or, yeah, uh, surgery for high ankle sprain and uh, fracture or sprain. Uh, surgery on an injured injured left ankle. Uh, full recover full recovery anticipated. It, he's having a a tight rope surgery, which involves using surgical thread instead of metal screws, and designed to accelerate recovery. Oh, the, okay. a, the average recovery time for a tightrope surgical procedure is four to six weeks. Man, they're going to be looking at that tightrope uh, come February, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you better put some screws in that bitch later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so know, the, the combine is going to be all on that freaking tightrope. He's yeah, walking a tightrope, no pun intended. Yeah, and, and he he has been their offensive mojo. That guy's kind of been their pride and joy in offense this year. So, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah, and just to quickly gloss with the reason Chris and I haven't mentioned any top notch teams this week was because they also care of business. Georgia beat Vandy thirty seven twenty. Michigan did lose the first quarter seven to zero to Indiana. Then they won the rest of the game fifty two to nothing. Ohio State beat Purdue forty one seven. Florida State demolished Syracuse 41-3, and Penn State and James Franklin covered yet again. I don't know why we don't bet them every week, even though I hate the guy. Uh, 63-0 against UMass. So all the top boys took care of business, and Alabama, it wasn't pretty. They didn't cover the spread. Yeah, they, they didn't did necessarily just, take care of business. They did just enough. They were up they 21 in. to 6 Yeah, they clocked in, and then they clocked out. Yeah. And then Arkansas, dude, you know, we, we've said some teams have had rough schedules this week. Arkansas has had a pretty tough schedule. They seem like to always have a tough schedule, but they, they put up a fight. They made that one interesting. They were only down three in the fourth quarter. So uh, it got a little dicey in the end. But, hey, Saban, he's hanging around. That that team is still in the mix, believe it or not. Uh, and I guess just kind of wrap up on your, your point, Chris, how, how much, I know, for talking SEC, Dude, that Jimbo seat, like I know that I know they don't probably don't want to pay seventy eight million, but wh- when you're when you're expecting to be a team who's probably expected to at least contend to be viewed as like a top four team in the SEC, and you keep losing, th- those boosters might be dishing out a pretty fat check here in a couple of years, my friend. If not, they might year. start a GoFundMe or some shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's nine and ten wins minimum with that talent. Nine and ten wins. Yes. Like, the whether, the, there. whether the tenth win is in the bowl game or whatever, nine or ten is what it should be almost year in and year out at this point. He's been there for a little bit now. You know what I mean? It's yeah. and he has four of his own recruiting classes all top tier. So, you know, yeah, I agree. 
Um, but yeah, besides that, I think that kind of uh, wraps up. It, it was it was a fun week. There wasn't like a crazy elite top upset, but it was a solid week of college football, which means to tell you, for anything we've learned over the years of doing this podcast, that someone's probably going to get upset this week. We, there's normally only so many weeks you can go of college football, Chris, where a top-notch team doesn't lose because that's why we love the sport. So this week, some, someone up, someone big is going to get very, very heavily tested or go down. Oh, sorry, that, um, the Wisconsin game. I tease Wisconsin. Iowa threw the ball for 37 yards and won what, what was 15, the score? To, what was the 15 score? to 6. Okay, what was the spread? I, I, I needed Wisconsin to win by 3. And it was uh, a plus nine and a half for a lot of the yeah. people. So when we were I, talking on I Monday, it was them. ten yeah. and a half. I took yep. that ten and a half right away. I bought it to thirteen and a half because I felt confident. I double hey. bet that. I I can't blame you. I can't. Blame, I I figured okay, Wisconsin. Like, dude, they're at home. And I'm a Gopher okay. fan. You know, I don't yeah. like Iowa or Wisconsin. Fuck both of them. You know, but uh, you know. So yeah, I I man to 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 lose a. For you to lose a game by nine points when the opposing team throws for 37 yards, my lord. What was it, an 82-yard run, right? They busted yep. one 82-yard run or something. Yep. That's all they need. It's either a punt return or a defensive touchdown or a big True. run. It's yeah. like, it's just, they got a formula. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying it's going to win a natty, but it's going to do some damage. They're, they're now, they're ranked, right? I think they're ranked. And they're uh, six and I believe, one. yeah, seven, five and one, six and one, six and one. Well, and and they could, as crazy as it sounds, Iowa could be in the Big Ten uh, title game. Could that doesn't sound crazy at all? Who who's the front runner beyond them? They just uh, beat Wisconsin, who looked better. In re- there's no, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I you know I want the Gophers to beat them, but yeah, I mean, who, they're the they're the front runners by a mile right now. Iowa's remaining five games. They play your Gophers this week. They play Northwestern at home. They play Gophers at home. They play Rutgers at home. They play Illinois at home. They finish in Nebraska. How the hell do you get four home games in a row in conference play? That is insane. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. What were and, the other ones? They were at Penn State, correct? Uh, they lost at Penn State 31 uh, rip. They, they won well, it wasn't 31 tip. Was it? Well, they lost 31 zip, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought they got something at the end. Okay. This is a beautiful schedule. So what were they, the ads? What were the ads, though? I was going to say, they, they went they had to, you know. They went at Penn State, at yeah. Wisconsin, at Nebraska. So they had five home games and three road. Damn. Well, there's That's, nine conference games, though. Uh, there's got to be something there. Tonight, conference games. Oh, am I missing their? Well, yeah, it was at at Penn State, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska. So they have no more on the roads the rest of the season. Yeah, they got they got six home and three on the road. Wow, that is crazy. It's a very better um, schedule. Yeah, I mean, that's Damn. why they're six and one. No shit. And it was ten zip at half. That's what I think I was messing with with Penn State when they, you know. But oh, either way, yeah, yeah, that surprised me. I I think that that might rotate like that then. Okay, sure. Um, but I, yeah, I thought it was five and four, just assumingly. But yeah, that probably rotates because that's not something that you know 
is a consistent. Yeah, you don't get that every year. That that's you get more home games in a way because of those. Sure, you, know, you pay people to come in and all that. But yeah, yeah. that is kind of interesting. Um, and by the way, the new format. You know, over a five-year stretch, no one's ducking no one in the Big Ten moving forward. Um, because and you have to when you play a team, you play them home and away. That's how they're going to do it. So when you're linked up, you're going to be linked up for two years. Of course, they have the – like we have Wisconsin-Iowa every year, Michigan-Ohio State, you know, that type of thing. They have those. But I'm saying over a five-year, you know, because they put out the five-year schedule, everyone's going to have to play everyone twice in a five-year stretch. So that's pretty dope. I like that a lot. I think that's about as fair as you're going to get uh, because, you know, the conference is going to pick the schedule just like they do in everyone, and we've seen what the SEC uh, does as well. I mean, look at Georgia this year. They're, they're, it's a pretty good schedule. Um, so I do like that. I'm glad. I was wondering about that. And they are literally over a five-year stretch, you're going to have to play every team twice at least there. You know? So that's kind of cool. Anyway, let's get, it. let's get into it. That, that's next year. We're still, speaking of the Big Ten, they uh, lead, you know, the marquee matchup is that, number three, Ohio State, number seven, Penn State. Uh, it's in, you know, it's in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State, I think they opened at like minus six, if I remember correctly. It is down to minus four and a half, 46 and a half in general. Um, passing yards definitely favor um, cleanly, you know, course you got better wide receivers uh you know um they both have young quarterbacks they clearly ohio state there but you know running the ball it kind of has that vibe of what oregon does the run pass thing um 203 yards rushing per game compared to 135 on ohio state and that is been an issue uh whether it's against quality teams or not they just haven't been able to run the ball consistently. Um, they have the backs to do it, even if one's injured. They have depth there. Their offensive line just doesn't look like a meat and potatoes. Um, and on the same breath, Penn State only given up 72 yards on the ground. Um, now, have they played all, you know, three out of the four best running teams and stuff like that? No, they haven't. Um, they definitely haven't. But – that stands out as, hey, if we contain the run and put it in the young, both of them want to contain the young for the young, to contain the run for the, you know, to put pressure on the young quarterback. Um, I, I kind of feel like defensively, both of them are freaking stout as hell right now. Um, clearly, you know, I, I would say Notre Dame's better than Iowa. Um, but considering that court, I mean, you put that quarterback at Iowa, we might have a different scenario there. Um, this one, to me, is a pick'em. It's obviously on the road. Um, man, if Penn State can run that ball, even for like 140 yards or something like that, which would be well below their average, the play-action stuff, you know, whether they're just not trusting their young quarterback the five-star kid, uh, Penn State, or they're hiding it right now, and we're about to see. Um, 
I don't know. That's where I'm kind of like, I don't know. Right now it's a dink and dump type stuff, Marshall. Um, well, what says you in this matchup? Because that plus six, you know, I may buy some points, but this one's a 50-50 to me, and, and, and it really comes down to, you know, obviously the secondary for Penn State as well, stopping that pass game down the stretch. It's going to be a fourth-quarter ball game. I, my initial gut call says to bet Penn State because I, oh, oh, excuse me, not Iowa. We've talked about their lame ass team enough. <laughs> Just kidding. You can leave them uh, alone. Yeah. Um, the, that Ohio State has looked pretty lackluster against opponents of theirs who they should murder, and they haven't done that. But as I pull up Penn State's schedule in front of me, the best team they've played this year has been West Virginia slash Iowa. So I, I think this game is finally where maybe all these coaches can get out all their tools and tricks and show you what they got. My, my, so my gut says Penn State's looked better-ish this year, but their level of points have been trash. And Ohio State, who, again, is a superior team from their preseason ranking, but mind you, should have been – down at half to Maryland, uh, if Maryland doesn't forget to kick a field goal, um, has looked pretty sluggish too. Like, they look sluggish against Indiana. They look sluggish against Maryland. Like, wh- what is this Ohio State team showing? You got the coach bitching about, well, we, we're not scoring as much as we can because the clock's running. Well, no, it's just your offense isn't is quite what you're used to. You know, so it's kind of, they're kind of going through the same thing that Bam went through this year of, you know, why are we not dropping 50 on every team we play this year? Well, uh, yeah, who, quarterback, the coach, who, something. But um, so I do think, Chris, I think this game will project who's the better team. I, I really do think this one is a gamble. Obviously, uh, obviously, a huge part of betting is gambling. But I feel even more so because, again, Ohio State, their resume this year, they've played uh, their best team. Okay, they beat Notre Dame, and they, they snuck out that game by Notre Dame forgetting to put 11 guys on the field, or they could easily have a one in their loss column. But they played Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, Maryland, Purdue. So uh, out of the 12 games these teams have played, there's been one good opponent, and that team barely beat that team. So just off pure numbers alone, I'm going to bet Penn State, and I will not say a positive word about either of these coaches because I don't really care for either. <laughs> um. At least you said coaches and not human beings. I like that. That's a great, great job, there, buddy. I like that. I think that's a difference. You know what I mean? That, that is fair. You're right. You're right. As a now, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer, in front of a camera, that's a different story. A coach yes. in front of a camera is different than a human being in real life. So I'm glad fair point. Glad that you uh, did that. Um, I'm going to go Ohio State at home. I don't know. I I think I'm going to buy points though. And I just to have, just to be honest, I I haven't figured out how many points. I I should have jumped on it last night when it was six. Um, you know, sure that was my mistake. So I could get eight at a better number or something like that, seven and a half. But I, I I'm going to go Ohio State uh, with the win. Now this is interesting, but not as interesting as it could be. Uh, Florida State number four in the country undefeated, um, you know, has the win over Clemson, has the win over LSU, uh, snuck by Boston College as far as, you know, looking ahead to Clemson. 
you look at Clemson and LSU um, in certain parts of that game, you're like, wow, you know, those were some gifts. But, you know, to be fair, Clemson's done that in other games too. So, you know, they, they, that's their track record right now. Um, clearly, the reason why it's not as big a deal or, hey, wait a second, is because of the QB, right? If he doesn't play, it's, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, they ran the ball a lot last week, Duke did, against uh, against NC State. I think the dude was like 4-12, you know, the backup. So, you know, when you look at the spread right now, 14, you're like, what, dude? No way, 14. But then, you know, if Leonard's not there, then that that's that's fine. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, neither team is great at stopping the run, but a buck forty one and two twenty one through the air, I still think Florida State, you know, they're ranked where they're ranked. They deserve it, whatever, that's cool. But I, I don't know if there's they're as strong as six and oh. Uh, as far as like being a contender for a national champion, um, but it's just hard not to think that they won't. I mean, Duke would have to hit on a couple big, you know, set up the run, which they're probably going to be, you know, run blitzing and all that, trying to stop the run to put it in the hands of this inexperienced quarterback. Um, if in fact he plays, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think Leonard's going to play. Um, but now, if Riley Leonard played and was ready to go. I just don't think it'd be 14. That's all. I got Florida State. I completely agree. I, no, I'm not saying that Duke would be favored. I'm with you, brother. But it would be the spread would be in the single digits because Duke has shown this year they're a respectable team. They held the Notre Dame game, uh, the Clemson game. Like Duke is a, a formidable opponent this year. But with a backup quarterback at Florida State, they're obviously momentum's riding high. They're they're probably looking to they're looking to go to the Final Four this year. They want to go dancing. Um, they, they have a chance. It's not impossible. So yeah, I do think that Florida state, um, is just kind of continuing to build. This is the best year they've had since I can remember. I'm not a Florida state guy. Um, uh, but I'm just saying that like, they, had their... they won the chip. Okay. So this is their best year in 10 years. So, you know, they're, they're trending upwards. Uh, and I just think that, yeah, there's too much momentum going and Duke again, you've had a great year. But your tough your tough games this year have been at home. This is at what Dope Campbell, so you're not getting the home love. And yeah, if that backup quarterback dude, that's a tough spot. Again, I, I did rip. I do think Florida State secondary is is beatable. Sure. I thought they played pretty bad against Clemson. Uh but I don't know if a backup guy's gonna be able to pull off what they need to do. And again, with that Duke game, it wasn't so much Duke passing the ball, it was the quarterback making great plays with his feet. And the defense having four turnovers in the red zone. <laughs> so yeah, I do, and running, yeah, like you said, running the shit out of the ball. I, I do think that the fourteen, Chris, is indicative that Vegas does believe that yes, um, Mister, we Mr. will not Ryan see Riley Leonard. Leonard. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's too bad too because that that'd be a really great test True. at this moment for 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 Florida State because they got those early tests. And now it's like, all right, dude, let's see if you can do this because, uh, you know, they, they uh, if you look at Clemson Duke, they, you know, when 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 Clemson made those mistakes, Duke, you know, got separation. 
Um, like it was over. You know, the game was over. No overtime chances or nothing like that. Whereas, man, when you break down that game, it's like, wow, Clemson should have won that game. But coulda, woulda, shoulda. I'm a Vikings fan, so I know all about that. All right. So let me. I'm gonna give do a 20 second breakdown. We normally have always covered this game, and this game has provided us lots of great moments in our college uh, football podcast history. But this year, Michigan's 24 and a half over Sparty. Man, that game has had so many great games. But I think this year with Sparty being trending down and seeing Michigan as a 24 and a half point favorite, that's sad because that has been one of those ones where over the years, no matter who's the favorite, it's always been a tight one. This is, I think, the first year this game is going to be an absolute beatdown, which I hate to see because that game. Punt return or something. Uh huh. I can't remember. It's, someone, it's provided moments, brother. Someone it, it's, broke a hip. I don't it's provided moments. <laughs> I just don't think this is going to be the one that provides moments. So I digress. Move on. Hey, if Sparty does it, God bless him. But I don't think this is the year where that one is close. But normally, it's always a beautiful football game. Number eleven, Alabama. Looking to a revenge, a crazy, crazy yep. game last year. Crazy game last year. 17 in the nation, Tennessee, Tennessee, got grinded it out, you know, against AM. Um, we talk about running the ball for a reason. 231 on the ground for them per game. That's pretty freaking impressive. And especially when Bama you know, hasn't found their ground game just yet. Now, um, both QBs can hit on deep passes. They can move their feet and all that good stuff. That plays into it who can, you know, limit the mistakes and whatnot. But that, that, the one game where they got pretty much handled against Florida, um, they were not able to run the ball in that game. No. And so I'm thinking that's going to be the, the same thing here. Now, nine and a half this year with Bama, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. That, that's, damn, it's going to be 70 there? Jeez. Um, I'm looking at this. It's 54 right here right now. Um, so, yeah, I like Bama, but I'm not sold on the nine and a half. But, yeah, I like Bama here. I, I think they're going to, you know, make the quarterback throw the ball intermediately and, and contain that run game that Florida was able to do. I think that Joe Milton, people got like, people got their feet wet last year, like jumped in the pool. It's like, dude, this guy's like be- biggest arm in the country. He looks like, you know, professional league baseball pitcher. Like look, look at the skill he's going to have, but that is not um, produced itself. And now you've, Tennessee's like they've looked good against teams they need to look good against, but that Florida game was an absolute beatdown. And yes, Bama's getting a lot of revenge. Yes, Bama's still playing for that uh, hopes of making the Final Four this year, and you're on the road. Um, if Florida can destroy you, I don't see why Bama doesn't destroy you either. Uh, that one I will be teasing down. Hopefully, I do not get um, uh, a uh, Wisconsin-like production from out of Alabama. But yeah, I just think there's too many favors that are going the wrong way. And I just think that, that, yeah, Milton, he's just, he's not taking enough steps forward yet to go and beat Bama. Now, last year I watched that game with, like, my sister down here who's a huge Vols fan. That was a hell of a day. I'm going to watch it again with her this year. I just don't think that she'll have as much to celebrate this year as she did last year. And, you know, that Milton uh, performance in the bowl game, a couple things playing into that. But, you know, they did have a month to uh, prepare for that. 
So that does uh, give you a little different, uh, you know, it helps. It helps a lot. Now, talked about USC's remaining schedule, right? They're 6-1. and one. Oh, Lord. And here they are, favored at home, seven points, which tells you Riley. Is Riley going to take a COVID-slash-redshirt year this year or what? Because, I mean, it was already going to be a tough draft position for him because of the depth this year. Um, I mean, medical redshirt is calling his name and also a transfer at the wide receiver position. Let's go Utah in the Big 12 next year. But seven points, are we ready to do that? Are we ready to do that? Because, you know, I, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but 66.8 is what they're giving on the ground up. Um, Utah. So, and, you know, they give up some passing yards, not a whole lot. Um, Is it just going to be – you're not going to call it a score fest. I mean, the over-under is 56. I guess that is high for a Utah game. But what says you? I mean, you don't think – I mean, I don't think Caleb Williams, until he's a rookie, is going to have that kind of game Um, again where he just was a couple things off and it's a pick and, you know, one got returned and blah, 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 short fields and all that. If you do the short field thing with Utah, they'll probably do the same thing. Um, it may be, uh, you know, through field goals in a tighter game than Notre Dame, but they're going to win that battle. What says you? What's your gut telling you? Because right now, according to ESPN Analytics, almost a 70%, 69.5%. That your boys are going to get it done in a seven-point spread. Hmm. Well, it doesn't appear Cam Rising's going to play. And last year, this game was a shootout uh, back and forth, which Utah won. I just, man, I I would like to think that if we played Utah's third-string quarterback, we could win. Uh, damn, I mean, that that'd be a bad loss. They should be pissed off. They should be bouncing back after that Notre Dame ass whooping. Uh, you, damn. Uh, I like USC, but I, this is I, such just, a weird spot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like USC, but I don't know about that seven points. I, the set, they have a way to do it close, no matter what. It seems. Yeah, and Utah plays them tough. They they do. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I right now Utah is looking a little like Iowa with their quarterback production. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take USC just simply off the fade. Of um of the fate of Utah's third string quarterback, so I, that's if now again if Cam Rise we're kind of done talking about him because dude you're not back yet like if you are coming back what kind of shape are you in at this point you know that's which is weird but this game does matter for Big Twelve title chances or rankings like these teams are still having good seasons uh but I hope a third string quarterback doesn't walk into USC and beat them but it could happen it won't surprise me this you know maybe they're hungover from Notre Dame beat down hope not uh. I'll take USC, but I'm not expecting much. I, uh, that defense, that defense has done worse. It probably gets quarterbacks just as bad. So it'll be a tight game, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like USC as well. Now, as far as games flying under the radar or just those hardcore barn burners, hey, Wednesday and Thursday, if you look at the point spreads, and if you're a hardcore fan, you may want to check it out. Clemson, Miami. What do you do with TCU and K-State based off what TCU did last week? Um, and then OK State 
looking looking okay, right? Uh, against West Virginia, how's West Virginia going to respond to what the hell just happened? I still like both sides of their line, um, and also you know just the line of scrimmage in general, that run game, but also they found some confidence um, passing for over 300 yards, which kind of surprised me. Um, so those are those are games I'm keeping an eye on. By the way, upset alert: the Minnesota Gophers will beat. Not just cover nothing. They're going to beat Iowa, or at least cover. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Um, yeah, so there, there is some interesting games that if one or two of these marquee matchups don't live up to it, we'll see. Now, as far as, uh, you know, the old Betty Lines banter, the, the against the spread, some of the things I'm eyeballing right now, Northwestern plus 13.5 against Nebraska. Houston, 23 points plus 23. Texas, does it mean I think Houston's going to win the game? No, I don't. But could they possibly lose by 21 points or 22 points? Yes, I think they could. I haven't made the bet yet. Haven't made any bets yet. Stanford plus 17 versus Ukula. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, they got a much better defense than Colorado. We know that. But I'm just saying, plus 17 for that offense, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Stanford, you know, takes this and runs from last week, and they they can score points a little bit here and there. Um, But those are kind of my plus numbers I'm eyeballing for the week, sir. Yeah, the the Stanford one, it's so weird in college football. Like a lot of times you can predict when a when a big team loses to bounce back or when a big team wins a game to expect a hangover. But when you have like a massive upset for a team that's not good, like does Stanford build off that or they just come out flat? Like, right. That that's one of those weird situations where you really don't predict. Like, dude, he came back from twenty nine, so did they like completely blow all their energy? Like dude had a crazy party. Or you're like, dude, like, right. let's go. You know, that, that that's not anything we see often. Obviously, 29 points is, like, not occurring often at all. But I could see that game going either way. Like, uh, Stanford brings it and puts up a great fight. Or they're like, oh, dude, we <laughs> sorry, Colorado, you wore us out. So we're going to get boat raced by, you know, UCLA. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. We'll see. Right. Uh, what does your gut say if you had to bet the um, Miami-Clemson game? Uh, do you do you think your boys obviously had the weird game against Georgia Tech? You you played UNC tough. Do you think you were able to uh, knock off Dabo? I, I'll be I'll be cheering for you. I'll say that. I think they'll probably put their best game together, Clemson, and not do the when they played quality teams, not do the what the fuck was that shit. Uh, oh, okay. Place. Um, in Miami, you know, coming off of what the fuck, and then and then also, um turning the ball over. I, I just think that we're still on the way up. Um, we're not just because we look better than last year doesn't mean we were going to go ahead and win 10 or 11 games this year, nothing like that. I favor Clemson, but I don't know. I, but I, I think Clemson will actually put it together and win that game uh, down the stretch of the game. And I, I'm with you. I, I think that – I, I would, they're, they're going to get caught up eventually. You think that the Gophers walk into Kinnick? It's not at night. It's at 2.30 in the afternoon. You think the Golden Gophers knock off the Hawkeyes? I mean, I just said it, didn't I, sir? I, I just I, said I, it. Yeah, something's got to give. Something's yeah, got to give. And uh, that's the one thing beyond, like, a Rose Bowl berth 
Um, the Fleck, I mean, the amount of close freaking just last year, our guy Mo was dominating, fumbled on this long drive randomly. You know, just yeah, just random stuff almost every year. That's the only reason why I'm like, okay, I could see coming off the buy the Gophers, just just doing enough on that defense, and you know, I, I just for some reason I think they're going to get that that dub finally. That's really all it's about. Uh for K State TCU, good luck. And same yeah, with BYU, no, I'm gonna, BYU I'm gonna watch and Texas Tech. I'm watching Holy those shit. games. I'm not touching them. Texas Tech is minus four and a half at BYU. The the way the big that game is a coin flip. If but if you if you have like an inside player, your gut tells you something. Go for it. And TCU at K State. I mean, those teams have been uh, bipolar. So is Texas Tech. So has been BYU. Like those are two games of both at six. Uh, Texas Tech's on FS1. TCU K State is on ESPN two. Enjoy. Because at the same time, my man Lane Kiffin. Hey, they're five one. They're hanging in there. He goes to Auburn. Auburn's had a pretty beast of a schedule. I think Auburn's due for a letdown spot. They had they had to play Georgia. They had to play LSU. I think this is one game where my man Lane Kiffin can walk in the door, get easy victory, and walk out and keep that three and one SEC record going. So I, I'll actually take for once this year. I think I'm actually going to take them. Uh, Old Miss minus six and a half to go to Auburn. Auburn's been through a gauntlet schedule, and I think they're yeah. laying down flat. Uh, and that's, I mean, you call me Homer for my pick, but dude, they, they've had. I'll just go over that very quickly since we're talking about it for gambling. Auburn had to play uh, Texas A&M, and then Georgia, and then LSU. Like that, that's a pretty tough stretch. So, and obviously they're not that good this year either compared to the players they'd have in the past. So, I think that's a good spot for uh, Ole Miss to sneak by. And there's a good uh, example where we're just talking about with Stanford too, you know, like yeah, come off that Georgia. Oh my God, no, they didn't win the game, but still, oh my God, and then just gets freaking trounced, you know. Yeah, and uh, again, and Oak State at West Virginia, dude. Oak State looked like the worst team in the Big Twelve a month ago. Now they're getting hot, and West Virginia had their heartbreaking uh, hell Mary. You know, Chris, when I saw that play live. I just remember the, remember the good old uh, Chris Berman, Tom Jackson, ESPN prime time. And I would say, knock it down, knock it down. And that's all I was telling myself in my head when that play was going on. I was like, knock it down. <laughs> I had Tom Jackson flashbacks. If if you're older like us, you every every single sport fan watch NFL prime time because that show was the shit. Uh, and I had the Tom Jackson flashbacks. So shout out to Tom Jackson calling those plays. Uh, All right, let's, but, let's yeah. close it out. Crafty game of the week here. We got. Hey, we got how, a, about, a, how about how about Green? Hour and three into it. How about Boy Green last week, my friend? I'm not afraid to take road road yeah. dogs. Hey, the, the the boys the boys are four and three. The boys are four and three. We're coming. I'm, I'm not saying. afraid to take a road dog. We're 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 back we're back above the Mendoza line. We're we're profiting, baby. And whew, here we go. Damn, I, I slipped I slipped the mouse on. Here we go. All right. Uh, I don't believe we've another mouse thing this week. No, we're we're good. All right, five o'clock p.m. This game is not on TV. <laughs> oh my god, this is our first non-TV game of the year, I think, as well. You, you got people friend from the island. The Hawaii Rainbow Warriors are going to Albuquerque, New Mexico. They go on a Breaking Bad field trip. 
they, they're playing at University Stadium. Tickets are 18 bucks. It should be 72 degrees and sunny. The New Mexico Lobos are a two-point favorite, Chris. And, and one of these boys, one of these boys is getting their first Mountain West dub of the year. The two and five Rainbow Warriors hopping a boat, maybe take a kayak, swim their way over to play the New Mexico Lobos. They're not playing in the pit. If this was a college basketball game, I'd say you'd be in a little bit of trouble. But New Mexico is a two-point favorite as we look to get two games above 500 on the crafty, crappy pick of the week. Take it away, my friend. Yeah, let's see here. This is uh, this is an interesting one, no doubt. Neither can stop the run. They both get gashed. Uh, New Mexico at least, uh, you know, runs for almost a buck seventy-two. Whereas you know Hawaii, they want to just throw the ball all around the park. They're only averaging fifty-six yards. That's less than BYU, um, and they give up a hell of a run, a lot of run, one seventy as well. So I'm a little. A little bit shaky there. If you look at Hawaii, though, put up a good, uh, really good effort at home, sure, but put up a good effort last week. Um, beat New Mexico State, which is right in this realm, right? Um, UNLV surprise team uh, gave them something to think about. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. New Mexico, you know, Wyoming's a good team. They were in that game. Um, they lost in you know, the head-to-head. They, they look, UMass is just garbage. Um, like really, really bad uh, for a while now, right? Um, and, you know, I bring that up because, uh, you know, New Mexico lost to them as well. Now, that was a road game. We know how it is trying to walk in, you know, to Massachusetts. Um, man, this is a good one. Uh, based off <laughs> a little more tight games, head-to-head, and also playing Oregon, you know, going against the tougher team, uh, I guess even Stanford to an extent. But, I'm, you know, I don't do a ton of back-to-back road dogs. This isn't a major one, though, right? What was it, like five and a half last week or something like that? What, yeah. What is this week? It's, two. Yeah, so New Mexico is minus two. So, you know what? I'm going to keep riding these Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, baby. And I'm going to be doing one of the, you know, the traditional dances come uh, next Monday. I'm going Hawaii to get the job done. The Rainbow Warriors going on the road, um, getting get the job done, my friend. Through the air, through the air. If if the Rainbow Warriors win, can you do a rain dance and uh, put this on social media? Is that is that asking too much? <laughs> Maybe I'll just do the music or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Oh, learn how the tide turns so quick. Huh? Well, the thing is, it's it's uh, you know it's some it's a background of a people, and I don't want to be up here you know poking too much fun of that. that that's my uh, whole point. I'm uh. up there looking like a fool, adding to the uh, the white men looking like a fool trying to copy other backgrounds. I don't want to do that. In, uh, interesting verbiage. Okay, that's that's the politician speaking to my friend. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, for the alumni battle, man, this one is tough. Uh, uh, New Mexico had Danny Granger, uh, who's an NBA player. Uh, they also they also did have the first woman ever score a, a, a college football field goal. Uh, Katie, right. Katie yep. Hanina. So that, that's props. Good for her. That, that's something to be proud of. 
uh, Holly Holmes, a badass UFC woman. Uh, obviously, I'm sure most everyone's heard of Holly Holmes by now. Uh, but a boxer, yeah. too. Let's not forget about that. True, true. Uh, Luke Longley was a, a Bulls player with the Jordan team. Uh, Rocky <laughs> Long was a, I mean, this, yeah, yeah, okay. So we got okay alumni. Uh, obviously, it's pretty bad. Yeah, for Hawaii, um, you have Timmy Chang. You have uh, uh, you got you got some football players that played in Hawaii. The other names that appeared <laughs> for football players. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Albrick, who got drafted by the Niners in 2000. Jesse Sapolo, who got drafted by the 49ers in '83. Uh, Barack Obama's parents went to University of Hawaii. They said so. I'm in between uh, Danny Granger and Barack Obama's parents. This is definitely probably yes, the worst. That's the bad one. Uh, this is really bad. Oh. I, I, I literally, I'm going to slide towards uh, uh, the Hawaii with Timmy Chang and Barack Obama's parents because New Mexico didn't offer much. And they've, they've been on alumni battles before they won before. So today was not their day. So I will take the Rainbow Warriors in pride. Uh, with my co-host, again, off the record, I don't think I'll be doing dance either because I can't dance. So, on that note, we appreciate your support. We love it. Uh, hey, we're getting closer to that first um, college football playoff poll of the year. Now all those rankings start to kick in. Now we get to politics. and get to hear all these top-notch coaches whining and complain about how they don't get any respect for their schools despite they're all making like millions of dollars a year. So, we hope you enjoyed this. We'll be back next Monday. The boys are out tonight. Peace.